Hi guys, and thank you much for listening to my podcast. Today I offer you a special treat because today we'll talk about Hans Morgenthau's theory of international relations. And we'll approach the global reality at hand from the perspective of his opus magnum, Politics Among Nations, which was published in 1948, three years after the end of the Second World War, some 75 years ago. So uh, you would ask, why would we bother with publication which was published like what? almost 100 years ago, (laughs) simply because it is still relevant. It is relevant because this founding father of their IR realist theory, contemporary IR realist theory, um, came to realization that such ideas as the Kantian perpetual peace are rather naive, delusional, and uh, seem like fairy tales for good children. And for these reasons, they are detrimental to global peace endeavors. Of course, he did not try to dismiss the possibility that at one point of our development, we humans will enforce some of the uh, Kant's uh, ideas, his vision of reality. But so far, we're still not there, at least not in the uh, East, not in the Middle East, and not in, in Asia, let's say. Therefore, it would be beneficial for us to stick to more realistic approaches, at least until we will eventually get there. Indeed, individuals such as uh, Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, uh, Recep Erdogan, um, they prove us that uh, we have proven track of record of starting wars and conflicts every few years for various somewhat irrational purposes, which are both resource and human life consuming. Therefore, the whole idea of human-based security system governing the maintenance of global peace and security remains very shaky at best. The sad truth is that we are doomed to keep repeating the mistakes of our predecessors and we will be inclined to ignore the necessity of resolving our differences in a peaceful manner. Each time our interests collide, and they do collide quite often, as a matter of fact. According to Professor Morgenthau, what presupposes this type of behaviors can be explained by the way our human nature has been constructed, as it turns human beings into greedy, selfish, skillful, sinful, power-hungry individuals who want to dominate other human beings at at the expense of morality, justice, and uh, various laws, and human rights as well. The end justifies the means, still in the 21st century. Consequently, Morgenthau also elaborated in this publication the concept of national interest, designed to provide the leader of any given state with a manual on what actions can be taken to secure a given country's survival, strength, and influence. This concept contains three elements. The prime interest aimed at ensuring the country's survival that can be associated with the protection of the state's physical, political, and cultural identity, the integrity of its territorial and um, sovereignty, protection of its people. The secondary interest of maintaining circumstantial power positions already acquired, defined as a cross-currents of the uh, personalities, public opinions, local interests, and partisan politics 
and the last but not least important element associated with the aggressive expansion of the country's influence and the strength that could be directly related to finding a way to expand one's natural and strategic borders, access to the sea and natural resources, or the broader project of unification of national or territorial integrity. In this respect, Morgenthau maintains that primary interest of the state should never be negotiable, whether the secondary interests are not to be pursued at the expense of the fundamental interests. Such interpretation of national interest has direct and indirect consequences for political leaders, for whom Morgenthau sets a very high standard of not only weighting the pros and cons of every vital decision carefully to fulfill national interest, but also to do so, if necessary, at the expense of moral laws. Indeed, Morgenthau was of the opinion that there should be no question about it. Political leaders should not be misguided into believing that they have some abstract right to decide whether they want to obey their moral principles or fulfill their responsibilities towards the state, as the interest of the polity should always come first over individual rights or beliefs. The implications of allowing prioritizing individual rights over the rights of the polity can be disastrous, and many nations have experienced uh, for themselves the mistakes of such practices, including the laws of statehood, and, uh, for instance, Poland is the prime example. We lost our statehood before because of our failed decisions, failed political doctrines, failed uh, geopolitical concepts, and... uh, what driven these uh, failures what was the um, people who were not ready to govern the country. For these reasons, individual morals, especially of those who govern the nation, should be considered as secondary and ought to be surrendered to the interests of the whole community at large. These leaders subsequently are not to be judged for their moral choices, but the ability and the effectiveness in pursuing the national interest. And it is therefore their duty as the leaders of the committee to pursue the national interest even if it would require using cruelty or breaking the law to accommodate these needs. As we can see, in politics among nations, Morgenthau considers the realm of international relations as a very self-centered place where every single actor is deemed to first and foremost protect their own interests. For these reasons, counting on others in such uh, an environment is naive, only because it does not guarantee anyone's survival. In the opinion of this scholar, this relation is more visible on the international level, as modern countries tend to be very unsympathetic, and other international players' uh, needs about other international players' needs, especially when the national interests are at stake. Therefore, one should be skeptical about the ability of such organizations as the United Nations or the League of Nations to play the more significant role as a pillar of the global security system, as their capacity to resolve conflicts in the contemporary conflict zone is in fact very limited.
Still, in this respect, it is essential to point out that NESCO suggests that treating Morgenthau like a hawkish academic, concentrating his effort only on proving how important it is for the country and its leaders to maintain their power, is uh, very traditional, in very traditional sense, is not rational for some reasons. Of course, it cannot be denied that this scholar was very interested in the notion of ensuring the survival of the state and projection of the power and influence of any given political regime, but this is just one part of the picture. In essence, Nesco explains that before we compare this scholar to Machiavelli and ascribe to his interpretations of his account of a statesman duties and obligations in which ethics and morality have no place at all, we need to come to terms with the fact that Morgenthau committed his professional career to discovering the truth of international politics. For these reasons, this scholar maintains that even if Morgenthau's political theories sound unsympathetic or cruel, they are infused with moral considerations deriving from the challenging postmodern time in which this scholar had published his Opus Magnum just few years after the end of the Second World War, when it was already clear that humanity could no longer guarantee the safety of the individual in the society. It is due to the fact that we live in the fragmented universal realm of values that provokes global lust for power that has no mercy on the individual tragedies and those who suffer powerlessly or are dependent on the uncertainties, unpredictability, unfavorable uh, godlessness and mor morallessness of society at large. The problem of misinterpretation of Morgenthau's contribution to literature on the subject starts with the fact that we, we when we think about the, his concept of power, we treat it in particular static way, uh, through the prism of positive, materialistic, and tangible lenses that tend to miss the forest for the trees. It has to do with the fact that this scholar's concept of power is much more flexible and less dogmatic than one may think. Furthermore, this idea comes down to the ability of a man to control the mind and actions of other men as an activity of imposing upon another man his will, but only by taking into account the fact that the will and the, of the object of power, in this case, must mirror our own. It is being argued in this uh, parenthesis that in order to correctly understand the notion of power in Morgenthau, one has to comprehend the intricacies of the particular triangular relation of morality, truth and power. And the biggest starting point in order to achieve this is not by pigeonholing Morgenthau's work into the realist tradition within the theory of international relations, especially because this scholar was an open realist, and he opened the realist theory to postmodernist interpretations such as plurality of truth, impositions of meaning, and various perceptions. Admittedly, the problem is very especially visible in the third chapter of Nasco's publication, where the author argues that Morgenthau sees the global reality at hand through the prism of Western modern man lenses. And view and this view he sees is uh, not very 
appealing as he's faced with the fellow man who has lost sense of what is good and evil, what is right and wrong. In this postmodern anarchic and godless global environment, this is uh, this is quite problematic because this state of affair has to do with the realization of the Nietzschean vision of the death of the god, the vanishing of the supernatural being and uh, coinciding disappearance of meaning, which initially grants him new opportunities and chances, but at the end, at the end traps him in the decaying house without the common roof or universal values that subsequently implies not only his loneliness, but also the, the desperation and nihilism. This unnatural tradition, transition from Des uh, Faber, God the Creator, to Homo Faber, Man the Maker, has to be somehow undertaken. And the best way to do so would be to try to replace God with some higher structure in which an individual can strive. Indeed, an individual is not capable of living in a godless world where there is no structure, no meaning and no purpose, which is why, according to Nesco, since there is no higher authority than the state itself, Morgenthau, influenced by Max Weber, turns his attention to the concept of nation-state, statehood, as a natural replacement and a platform from which one can search for a truth. Consequently, it is important to mention that according to Nesco, politics among nations can be solely constrained to the discourse on power and global environment, as there is much more to it than that. Considering that this author um, makes an attempt to explain the conditions of the post-1945 men through the prism of Nietzschean philosophy, his belief that God is dead and need for Ubermensch, Overman, super, Superman, superhero, suggests that this track could also be read as a profound interpretation of the modern condition of a man and humanity, current man in this setting who has either experienced or witnessed the cataclysm of both world wars and the holocaust that is likely to suffer from the syndrome of constant re-evaluation of the moral standards and principles he wants to use and he wants to be basically assigned to. Subsequently, such man is also um, more inclined to be pessimistic about any actions, visions or system claiming to enjoy a divine authority, postulating a universal code of moral standards or any temporal powers that present themselves as a capable of preventing humans from killing one another. That is precisely what makes the difference between Nasco's approach that Morgenthau is shown here as an or original scholar deeply engaged in a quest to find the meaning of truth, understood as a dynamic and complicated endeavor that involves researching various competing interpretations of truth in the uncertain world of ideas adopting multiply non-classical ways, new standards of thinking such as status of truth, the legitimacy of universal values, and engaging in the discussions of the collapse of the supernatural uh, ethics of Christian cosmopolitan and humanitarian elements, and for these reasons I strongly recommend 
this publication to anyone who is interested in rediscovering Hans Morgenthau's contribution to the literature on the subject. So thank you much for your attention and stay in touch. <laughs>